Chris Scalzer here with... Matt Howell. And on this episode of The First Run, I don't know what we think we're doing. So, there's going to be a lot here. I'm just giving you a heads up now. Usually, we're going to have longer shows. It's because there's guests, Matt, right? And we want to give everybody their due. But there's so much for us to talk about this week that just pack a lunch, stay the day. First off, it's going to be Junho Bong's Parasite. That's right. I said Junho Bong, not Bong Junho. We're also going to talk about Terminator Dark Fate, James Cameron's attempted relaunch of the franchise. We're going to wrap up our car chase marathon, Matt, with The Driver, directed and written by Walter Hill. Creepshow Episode 4 rolls around, and we'll discuss that. And then finally, it'll be our Car Chase Marathon Awards. Our marathon mercifully comes to an end, and I have no one to blame but Matthew. So let's start everything off, though, with a clip from Parasite. Ah, wait. Jessica, So that's what you do. That's a little mnemonic device, right, Matt? When you got to remember certain details, so you turn it into a song, so you don't forget right. and trip right. yourself up. Because this right. is very important, Matt, in the film Parasite. Now, this is going to be, I think, a little difficult because we don't want to give too much away, right? I think mm-hmm. part of this thing, I think it's true, if you've heard, is that you want to go into this knowing as little as possible. To really, I think, appreciate the full impact of what Jun Bong is doing in this thing. So, I have one question. Well, all right. So, Matt, go ahead. Tell us vaguely what this film is about. And then, of course, I have a question for you. So, please. Ki-woo uh, is a young man. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have really any prospects. And unfortunately, his family is in the same predicament. They're living in a basement home where Kiwoo's friend stops by, college friend, and states that he should take over English lessons for a wealthy family that he's currently um, providing English lessons for the daughter while he's just studying abroad. Kiwoo accepts. He goes to the rich family. And then he decides, you know, they're looking for other things as well. So he starts to suggest other people who can fill in those roles, his family. Um, but he doesn't actually tell them that they're all related and things progress from there. I like that. So Matt, is it true? Is Parasite a modern day masterpiece? I'm hesitant to say it's a modern day masterpiece. We'll have to see how it ages, but based on the early returns, I, I loved it. So I, I would say it's certainly one of the best films I've seen of this year, for sure. It's a fantastic little film. You know, it has a commentary to say on Korean society. Um, obviously, I'm not super familiar with it, but it's, some of it resonates from what I do know about it and it even resonates from what you know about here. It's funny. It has turns both poignant and dark and has stuff to say about class all around. It's really an interesting film. It's, it's got a lot that's in there, and I was absolutely riveted while I was watching it. I agree, and I feel like I need to see this again. It has one of those things where there's little touches and little things, I think, throughout little artistic flourishes. I mean, it's a gorgeous-looking film. They built the house that the most of the film plays out in from scratch, mm-hmm. I think. So it really has this... It's it's stunning architecturally and cinematically because the way it... it the, fil, the, the house basically is... It's set up to kind of help foster all of these different events that occur. 
And I, I was reading an interview that Bong had done, and he said he was focused on making a film about Korea, like you say, right? And class structure. Mm-hmm. And then when he saw the returns, and I don't just mean financially, but the recognition the film was getting all over the globe, he realized that he that we're all living in the same neighborhood, experiencing the same conditions, and those conditions right. are capitalism. Mm-hmm. And it really is a striking tale of the impact of capitalism, and it's and I it really is brilliantly done. It is, I said, it's a stunning film to watch. The way he frames and shoots this thing. The little secrets and the little things that pop up. Matt, at one point I'm laughing, and then at other points I have my hand over my mouth thinking, my God, what's going to happen next? The way he's able to subvert your expectations and keep you on your toes and never really be able to figure out or anticipate what's going to happen is just, it's absolutely fantastic. It's a film that's going to make you laugh and then knock you on your ass with drama and suspense. I think why it works so well is that it's a fairy tale firmly rooted in reality everything seems you know it's at once fantastical but also crushingly realistic these are things that people deal with on a daily basis but they're slightly fantastic right so it's i i just walked out of this thing just just awestruck it is absolutely a fantastic film yeah i agree Um, i don't know really else what to say i mean as far as like like chris said i went into this completely blind i didn't see a single trailer i only knew that it was a korean film by the guy who'd done snowpiercer snowpiercer and the host so i was interested to see it yeah okja uh mother but i knew basically nothing what to expect and i just was sucked in from minute one um so i can't recommend it enough i'd, I'd give this this film an a as do i i it is one of the best films of the year exceptionally strong performances all around it really just it's it grabs your heart and your mind and just plays with you and screws with you but not like in a it's not it's not manipulative right in a bad way it's not toying with you but it just brings you on this emotional roller coaster that you just don't want to get off of it is just an absolutely stunning picture i'm so glad we finally got a chance to check it out and I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. As soon as I walked out of this thing, I'm thinking like this is going to be like Roma all over again, where it should right. be, it should be a best picture option if not the winner. But it's going to, I think, win best foreign language film. Right. And yeah, then therefore, I get shuffled off and not have that opportunity to win best picture, which I think now, granted, there's a bunch of stuff starts coming out that we haven't seen yet, but mm-hmm. still, it is really a force to be reckoned with this film right go see parasite playing mostly around everywhere at this point you can get you can find one theater i think showing it at least check it out see what the buzz is all about it is well earned and worth it a's from both matt and i is that it what do you think i mean you you don't want to say anything more right you just want to go people to go in as cold as possible yeah yeah, um, I would say that if you've seen any of his other films, I mean, I think we've reviewed most of them for the show, or at least talked about them at length for the show. I think we, when we recently did Memories of a Murder, I mean, I would go back and it's, it's if you liked any of those films, you're going to like this film. Yeah. All right. If you had a chance to see Parasite, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, I'm going to go ahead and just keep rolling and get us into our second big feature. 
a film okay. that I was, I think, pretty excited about. Once I heard James Cameron was kind of back in the, what would you call it? Just kind of guiding the film forward. Sure. He yeah, was, he's there on the ship. He came up with parts of the plot, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, David Goyer was involved as well, <laughs> which is usually a big flashing neon sign to me. Uh, but still, Arnold's back. Linda Hamilton's back. And then we got Mackenzie here. So Mackenzie Davis, which I think we're all high on right now. So how can this not be awesome, Matt? Well, let's find out. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. You know, increased speed and strength. My name is Sarah Connor. When I was about her age, a Terminator was sent to kill me to stop the birth of my son, John leader of the resistance we changed the future saved three billion lives <laughs> you're welcome wendell hamilton just back to being a badass all over again right a grizzled tough veteran Urgh, because Urgh. Well, we're not going to talk about why mm-hmm. terminator dark fate so matt we've had a few sequels in the terminator franchise we've already had a reboot just four years ago that mm-hmm. It's not as bad as people say. It's you know, same also to a Terminator Three. That's actually a pretty damn enjoyable action film. Salvation, okay. I think, is hurt by our boy there. What's his name? I go to Jay Courtney, but he was actually Sam, in Genesis. Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. It did have Christian Bale, right? Yeah, it did. So great. <laughs> so Terminator Dark Fate. James Cameron is back at the helm, sorta. Is this a return to greatness, Matt? Is this the Terminator sequel we've been waiting all this time for? I guess. I will say this. The other Terminator films, while they have, most of them have something to recommend them, they haven't been great. They've been, as overall, generally a disappointment. And I will have to say, this one, I had, I enjoyed this one more than I expected to. I thought it was a decent action film i mean i don't think it's groundbreaking in any way it certainly doesn't hold up to t2 but at the same time there are parts of t2 that haven't aged particularly well no in fact i i watched it again in anticipation of going into this yeah and there are some particularly some dialogue scenes that are pretty clunky yeah yeah there are yeah so i mean it's not i don't think it's as great as people make it out to be but i mean this was this was fine i was actually i was pleasantly surprised i think it's it's back on the right track and i think having you know miller direct the thing obviously he knows how to direct an action film so i think the pieces were there to if not make something that's going to be transcendent action film it's not going to be a part of that kind of new wave of, of stuff that we're really enjoying right now I thought it was still pretty good, and I think it gives me hope for the future. Well, don't get too hopeful. I know, because it's doing very poorly. (laughs) Vastly underperforming. Yeah. Supposedly cost about $185 million to make, and it's only pulled in $130. Not even. Oh, okay. That's worldwide, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, things are not looking good for our friends here. I'm inclined to agree with you, Matt. I think there may be some narrative issues with this. Yes, the subplot and kind of the greater message it's trying to say is Mm. maybe a little loose and lazy at times. There's certainly some clunky dialogue on this one again. Sure. But I'm going to tell you one thing. 
I think this has some of the best action set pieces of the series. Yeah. Rival rivaling Terminator Two, I think. Now that one is just an all time classic. It is a banger, as the kids like to say. But this one, I mean, just the the highway fight. The uh-huh. uh, I mean, every every scene, almost every action set piece is big and fun and loud mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just it is great. If I if I may struggle with the airplane one. A right. little bit, and, it, and it's kind of ridiculousness. It kind of made me right. reminded me of the Fast and the Furious, the never-ending runway. You sure. know, how long can a plane be <laughs> plummeting to the ground? But still, it is what it, it delivers on that stuff. It, I mean, the action in this is top-notch. The effects and it's and the spectacle, I think, is a worthy successor to those to the Terminator franchise. It delivers what you want it to do. It really does. Mm-hmm. I think Linda Hamilton is at times a highlight and a low light of this film. Yeah. I think she is given the worst dialogue in the movie to right. LA. Right. I don't entirely blame that on her, obviously. But she struggles because she's not, I shouldn't say she struggles, but she's given the bulk of the exposition to really deliver in this thing. And it does not it's it it's it's tough sometimes to sit through. And I, I will have to give a shout out. I mean, Arnie's used pretty sparingly. He doesn't show up until pretty late in the film. Yep. And while the way they present it, it takes some kind of mental gymnastics to kind of just go along with it. But he has some, he's pretty funny. He's actually got some parts that are actually relatively humor, humorous. Um, mm. I, I thought he did pretty well. And to be honest with you, I really enjoyed Mackenzie Davis's performance. Oh, yeah. But I, I like highlight my, for me. The standout for me was actually Diego Luna as the as the Terminator. Just how he was kind of a uh, he had a lot more personality than the previous what we've seen of the Terminators before, even more than the T one thousand. And I, I thought it was a kind of a it was kind of a, a a neat way to go to show something maybe a little different, maybe something more evolved, which I appreciated. Actually, it's Gabriel Luna. Oh, is it? I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought it was Diego Luna. I'm excuse me. I'm sorry, Gabriel. Don't come at me as Ghost Rider. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was really fascinating too, though. If you watch Terminator Two, and James Cameron chose the Terminator, the T one thousand, to be an LA cop, right? Yeah. As this kind of unfeeling, merciless kind of killing machine. Yeah. And so, what do we do this time? We update it to a border patrol agent. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So there's a there is a heavy amount of social commentary in this film. The fact that our three leads are women and that the future is dependent on women. Like you said, Arnold mm-hmm. doesn't show up until like the last, what, third quarter of the film? The last yeah. third? Yeah. So it definitely has a message. I think it handles it mostly well. I'm not sure Natalia Reyes delivers her a lot of her lines with a lot of conviction. Yeah. I, I, I bought her more when she was kind of, the earlier roles like fluster didn't know what was going on but like the stuff right. that showed in the future and stuff i wasn't buying like at all yep like I, I didn't i didn't buy that yeah same here unfortunately but like we said Mackenzie davis is fantastic as our enhanced super soldier if you will and... how tall is she she towers over everybody in that yeah, film that's a good question i don't even know yeah she's huge man it's a tall but, woman yeah but she is great and it just it mostly works it really yeah. does. She's only she's my height. Actually, she's a little shorter than me. She's five ten. Oh, really? Okay. Well, she then I guess Linda Hamilton and and blanking on her name, even though you just said it, 
They must be very short because she's way taller than them throughout the whole thing. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. They don't have uh, Linda Hamilton. That's interesting that her height was on Wikipedia, but Linda Hamilton's height is not. So I guess people okay. must be looking at Mackenzie Davis's height. Is that a thing? Is it a kink height? I don't know. I'm not... Maybe I don't know, but I mean, she looked like I. If you, I, if you had told me she was like six three, I would have believed it because that's how she looks standing next to the other actresses in this film. Yeah, there could be short. That could be how he shot the film too. Who knows? Yeah, I don't remember things. That's true. Maybe it's a trick. Maybe she. Maybe they made her intentionally look because I even think she might be as tall, if not taller, than Arnold in some of the shots. Yeah. Although he's not particularly tall either. So I've got anyway. I've, so yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. I had a blast with this thing. If you can kind of ignore some of the plot holes, some of the things are weird. Like, there's an interesting, I think it's in the commercial, so I'm not really spoiling anything in the trailer, that the Terminator can kind of separate itself from itself. It's like a combination of a T-1000 and a T-800 at the same time. Right, but there's a scene where it gets chopped in half, and the the actual skeleton isn't there, and I don't think they separated at that point. Okay. I don't know. There's a couple weird things like that. Or the yeah. fact that, well, anyway, I don't want to pick this thing. I'm just going to say it's it's fun. I'm going to give Terminator Dark Fate a B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is how things wrap up, fair enough. Yeah, I would be interested in another film, though. We're not going to have Arnold again unless there is another Terminator rolling around a T800 out rolling around <laughs> somewhere, which this film sets up the fact that I guess there are tons yeah. of them out there, dozens of them everywhere. If this is how it ends, or if we reboot again in another five to ten years, then we'll see yeah. what happens. But overall, I enjoyed the hell out of this thing. Yeah, I'd give it. I wanna. I I do. I wish we could talk about the one piece that how you feel about it, but I guess we can't because it's kind of spoilery. So maybe we'll offline that because I am curious. Okay. But I would give it a B plus as well. Okay, consistency is the key. Hmm. Nobody likes conflict on a podcast or a show at all. Everybody <laughs> likes when the hosts agree on everything. I, I can't help that our taste is impeccable. That that's is always true. right. So I That's mean, a fair point. Terminator yeah. Dark Fate is playing everywhere right now. Please go see it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, I just, uh, uh, this is not... For this thing to fail financially when it's actually a very enjoyable action film is just kind of sad to me. It is. So, oh, I don't know if you're aware there is a Arnold Schwarzenegger sale on iTunes right now. Almost all of his films are five dollars, man. Oh yeah, how many did you buy? Four. <laughs> you bought four so far. Four. You're gonna buy another four in a couple more days. Who knows? I don't think so. Yeah. I own a lot of them on Blu-ray already, so probably yeah. not. I got uh, Raw Deal, which is an old one where he plays the guy that infiltrates the mob. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't bake and drink or something like that. It's a classic. Don't drink and bake. That's it. It's a classic line. What else did we get, Matt? We got... I upgraded Total Recall because I just had it on DVD. Okay. So I thought five bucks. You know, why not upgrade that bad bear? Oh, the director's cut of Commando because I don't have that. I just have the original cut. And then uh, Red Heat. The uh, one with Belushi. How did I know you were going to say Red Heat? Wow. (laughs) I, I love uh, me like 80s Arnold is like my wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. So I'm surprised you Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, I don't know. When, when it comes to rewatch value, <laughs> I know he loves those films. Yeah. But I just, I like my more actiony Arnold. I'm still sitting on uh, going back and forth on Predator because I think I, I don't think I have it on Blu ray. Do I? I might. I got to check. 
I might, if I don't have it on blue, I may upgrade and get it, but I don't know. Got the stinger for it. That's true. So, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff out there for him. I have the Conan movies, I think, on Blu-ray already. I have uh, most of the stuff. So, but I didn't. I haven't seen Raw Deal, and I don't know how long. So I started watching that today while I was cooking and making dinner, and yeah, it's just as horribly wonderful as I remember. <laughs> you gonna get the Running Man? That I have on Blu-ray, I believe. Oh, okay. So I don't think right. I will. And I think it's actually like on Amazon Prime right now if I really want to watch oh, it. it. HBO yeah, it always, it always shows up on some streaming service. You just wait long enough. It just rotates through. Yeah, that, that one too is a weird thing. I think that, and that's the thing with Predator, as I've seen both of those so many times right. that I don't know if I need to, to buy them. But, yeah, but the ones I've bought, I haven't watched. I think most, outside of Total Recall, I haven't watched the other ones since... I think I first saw them. Oh, you know, okay. Well, and I don't even know if I've ever seen all of Red Heat, now that I think about it. I don't think I have. So, anyway. And I think Total Recall may be his, outside of Terminator 2 or Terminator, his best film. That thing yeah. is great. It is good. Paul Verhoeven. There you go. Man. All right. Terminator Dark Fate. Shoot us an email. Feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, let's spend a few minutes and talk about what's coming up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday, November 12th. New rule is you can't slow me down. You understand? Put those on. So what I say is go. I say jump, you say how high. How high. There it is. Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. And you're going to carry your own weight. You are in charge. That's right. Uh, maybe we should. Maybe we should have our own secret handshake. What kind of secret handshake for what? Bud, dude, friend. Bud, dude, friend's handshake? All right, come on. Let's go, hurry up. All right, three of those, four of those. One of those. Now what? Like that? Yeah. Only one special shit happens in a while. Yeah, uh, special thing. Special things, you don't curse. No. Why don't you curse? I can dive down. Okay, come on. You are in charge. Exactly. Come on. Hey, what's rule number one? What's rule number one? Party? No, not party. No, it's not party. So that is the wonderful Peanut Butter Falcon, which you can pick up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday, 11-12th. Uh, includes a photo gallery and then Zach's story, the making of the film. I also want to let people know that Grindhouse Video, which is my local, though globally available on the internet, Matt, video store, which has an awesome selection of just the weirdest, craziest stuff you'll ever see, mm-hmm. is having a massive sale right now. Okay. Arrow and Blue Underground stuff, 35% off. I'm thinking about picking up um, Audition. Takashi Miike's audition, which I have on DVD. Right, okay. And it's, I've been going back and forth on it for like, I think, six months now. Because mm-hmm. char- it's, it's 28 bucks, but now it's like $17. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I may be time to update my audition. <laughs> so there's some other stuff, too, that I have in my cart that I'm waiting to pull the trigger on. The problem is the Criterion sale is going on right now, too. And I did get it, Matt. Again? You got what? Oh, you got the... Godzilla set. You did. I did. That'll be my one purchase for uh, the Criterion sale. 
50% off plus another 10 on top of that. I You can't really go wrong. It's like $108 for all of those films. Though the design of it, though it's gorgeous, makes no sense. It's like a, it's like a gigantic children's book. I don't know where to put it. So, but there you go. Also coming up, Lu Wang's The Farewell, starring Aquafina, a great little drama slash comedy. Uh, includes some deleted scenes and making of featurettes. The Farewell is really, really good. You can check that one out. Michelle Williams and Julianne Moore star in After the Wedding. I heard a lot of great things about this one, too. And you got two just powerhouse actresses, and I'd love to see this thing. Uh, it says a manager of an orphanage in Kolkata travels to New York to meet a benefactor. From what I understand, though, it's more a Julian Moore gets married and Michelle Williams shows up and she was the mistress, I think, or something like that. I don't know. It's supposed to be really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Good Boys is being released. This is that dirty potty mouth movie with those six and seven, eight-year-old kids, whatever it was. Um, I think we they found tweens. it. Tweens. There you go. Yes. We think we found it entertaining enough. We did. Includes an unrated alternate ending. Unrated, deleted, and extended scenes, a gag reel, and tons more special features. 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, the expanded shark Sharkiverse uh, continues. Is that a thing? Because you got that, 47 Meters Down. You sure. got Open Water. You got The Meg, right? All of these. Are, I think they all take place in the same shark cinematic universe. Uh, <laughs> includes audio commentary and more. Star Trek Season 2 is being released star trek discovery i should say the uh cbs all access series as well as angry birds 2 is coming out i felt obligated to let you know but it's it's, that's that new to Mm blu-ray criterion is giving us the day trippers featuring a brand new 4k restoration of greg matola's film when a happily married woman discovers a love letter written by her husband to an unknown party she enlists her dysfunctional family to discover the truth includes new audio commentaries and new interviews as well Scream Factory is releasing Road Games. A truck driver plays a cat and mouse game with a mysterious serial killer who uses a young female hitchhiker as bait to lure victims on a desolate Australian highway. Stars Stacy Keach, featuring a brand new interview with him, a new audio commentary, a script read from 1980, featuring director Richard Franklin and Stacy Keach, new composer, excuse me, demos by the score of the film, the, the composer, Brian Met. If you're not familiar who that is, um, you should never listen to music again. Matt, who's <laughs> Brian May? Don't let me down. He's the guitarist for Queen. There you go. Arrow is releasing Flowers in the Attic. The 90s horror film is getting a big release from them. New audio commentaries, brand new featurettes. This is the one where the uh, mother locks all her children in the attic, right? And there's just some weird, creepy incest stuff that happens too. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah that's, that's also accurate from what I understand. <sighs> Trauma is releasing Return to Nuke. Excuse me, Return to Return to Nukem High. This is the sequel to the original film. You can pick that up on Blu-ray. Shout Select is releasing the Nutter Professor Collection. Includes theatrical versions of the films and then a director's cut of the first of the of the second film. Excuse me, Nutty Professor Two: The Clumps. I was pulling some clips and stuff for the show. Includes some deleted scenes, outtakes, an extended restaurant scene, and more. And I'm sorry, but that scene around the dinner table still works. <laughs> it still made me... I'm watching it now all these years later, and it made me laugh. Kino is releasing Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Now, granted, it's not good because going back to the professor, it launched that whole, 
fat suit thing with uh, actors playing multiple roles, right? That was kind of when that blew up was the Nutty Professor. Yeah. And um, we have been worse off as a society ever since. As I said, Kino's releasing Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, the Clint Eastwood film. He plays some big-time thief and hiding. He hooks up with a goofy young drifter. He then gets his old gang back together to organize a daring new heist. Brand new 4K remaster from the original camera negative on that and a f- f- film commentary as well. I like to stutter on my Fs. Kino is releasing Charlie Varick, st- directed by Don Siegel, as well as his film Madigan. So a pair of films from Siegel. Street People from Kino as well, starring Roger Moore. A mafia boss is enraged when he is suspected of smuggling a heroin shipment into San Francisco. He dispatches his nephew, a hotshot Anglo-Sicilian lawyer, to identify the real culprit. I don't know what role Roger Moore plays in this film, but it is one of his rare non-Bond movies. Right. Arrow is also releasing The Far Country, a Jimmy Stewart western. (sighs) We're done. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week, Matt, is Wicked World. In 1989... Filmmaker Barry J. Gillis and friends renewed the world's faith in Canada with a horror brain bomb known as Things. Well, that was only the beginning, Matt. Virtually unseen until now, Wicked World is not only Gillis' 1991 follow-up to Things, it's also a new form of genre anarchy. Grant Eklund, Gillis himself, is a cop who is haunted by the death of his girlfriend at the hands of a psychotic slasher named... What's the most terrifying name you can think of? I'll spare you. It's Harold. When Harold is released from an asylum, there's only one option for Eklund. Revenge. Filled with metal riffage, gnarly ultraviolence, and experimental techniques, Wicked World feels like what would happen if Salvador Dali injected acid directly into his brain while staring at a Cannibal Corpse LP cover. That's the write-up for this film. (laughs) All right. This is, I'm not done. This is a highly personal treatise on the toxicity of society from one of the most singular filmmakers in trash horror history. If you survive Wicked World, you'll never forget it. Please note that Wicked World was shot on 16mm and edited on tape. This transfer is taken from the original three quarter master tapes. It includes a brand new transfer, the original cut, the unseen 2019 director's cut, and more. What should we be streaming this week, Matt? So I'm going to cheat. Don't get mad at me, Chris. But uh, I haven't actually seen this film. But in honor of the Parasite film, Juhan Bong's uh, first feature-length film, Barking Dogs Do Not Bite, is available on Shudder. I intend to catch up with it very soon. And I encourage everybody else to go out there because I think I've seen literally every one of his other movies. Fair enough. Moving along. Oh, God. We're only halfway through. (laughs) All right, let's spend a few minutes, very, very few minutes, and talk about Creepshow Episode 4. One of sure. you is going to be MedTech's new CFO. Start practicing your French, Tom. <laughs> Lydia, I don't, I don't know what to say. I won't let you down. I know you won't. You are one of the best financial magicians that I've ever encountered, so I'm counting on you to keep this new ship afloat. I won't let you down. I, uh, I need to call my wife. (laughs) Seriously, Tom Harding. See, she says, Lydia, you just set us back 20 years. He's being transferred to Switzerland. See, you were never going to let me be you, were you? 
So that is part two of episode four, Matt. Lydia Lane's better half. Mm-hmm. In that part, a CEO gives the job, as you heard, to a guy and doesn't give it to the the woman, who is actually her partner, I'm assuming, in some capacity mm-hmm. as well, romantically. And she doesn't take the news well. But then there's a horrible accident. She tries to do, do, just do something. And then something else bad happens. And and it's kind of boring. What stinks yeah. is that this episode started off really well. Mm. That it was particularly strong. And I think just screeches to a halt. Right. There may be some interesting ideas in this second one. But it's just too damn dull. And it's incredible to me that a 20 minute runtime for a half of an episode can feel like two hours. <laughs> Am I wrong? What did you think about Better Half? Uh, I think I'm a little more forgiving of it than you are. I like Trisha Helfer. I mean, I was a fan of her from Battlestar Galactica. So I think the whole kind of uh, bottle episode kind of feature of it, you're either on board for that or you're not. I think it it doesn't always work, but at least they're trying something different. This is something different than what we've seen so far. So I'll give it a little sure. bit of a path lap, but it's not great. I gave it a C minus. Yeah, I gave it a C. All right, let's talk about the one that was actually, I thought, pretty good, and that's the companion. A young boy, mm-hmm. Matt, is beat up and picked on by his brother. Right. And he is being actually, in this moment, chased by his brother. He runs into an old farm area, and there's a weird-looking scarecrow. And he takes out this spear-type thing, and um, what, to kind of just to protect himself, I guess? I guess, yeah. And... All of a sudden, the scarecrow thing comes to life mm-hmm. and starts chasing him into this old farmhouse and then around. And then he was able to find a way to control this thing and then take revenge on some people. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought this was pretty good. I enjoyed the story. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the creature design was excellent. I thought it was appropriately creepy and scary. And I felt this, for me, out of, out of all of the episodes so far, outside of the Nazi werewolf stuff, felt like classic creep show to me. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the companion. I thought the origin of the monster was, was well done. I thought it had some kind of emotional resonance as much as the show seems to be all the muster. And uh, it, was, it was good. I thought it was yeah. scary and effective and well done. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add to that because I think you uh, said everything I was going to say. I mean, like to give another shout out to the creature design. I thought it was pretty effective. Um, it had that kind of certainly turning the tables aspect of uh, creature show asp- uh, episodes, and it didn't shy away from some child murder, which is always you know, right. you know I always respect the horror when they when they go there. So I thought it was pretty good. I gave it a B. I give it a B plus. Okay. So there you go. Mass discrepancies as always. As always. What are your thoughts on episode four of Creepshow? Show us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. All right, Matt. We're almost there. The finish line's in sight. One more film and then the awards. And we're Mm -hmm. actually doing pretty good on time. I'm actually impressed. Even though the Blu-ray section was just unbearably long. (laughs) Let's go ahead and spend a few minutes to talk about The Driver. 20th Century Fox presents Two Men on opposite sides of the law. Ryan O'Neill, Bruce Dern, 
and between them, Isabella Johnny. Three loners playing a ruthless game none of them could afford to lose. In The Driver, Ryan O'Neill is the driver. My line of work is kind of hard to come by. His reputation, the best wheel man in the city. Did you ever get caught on one of your jobs? Hasn't happened yet. Bruce Dern is the detective. I'm very good at what I do. His reputation, the toughest cop in the city. You saw the man who was driving the car, yet you didn't identify him. You got a reason? I just don't like you. And neither did I. Bruce Dern is a jerk in this film. <laughs> yes, he is. And I'll get I'll get into why I think why he made that choice or why the script called for it. So, the driver, Matt. There are some striking resemblances to a film that shall not be named. <laughs> and, you can, and you can clearly see now. The, but Drive is based on a book, right? So, but and the Driver was actually written and directed by Walter Hill. Mm-hmm. So I, I confess, I didn't look this up. I don't know which came first, the movie or the book. Okay. But clearly oh, okay. still, Nicholas Winning Riffin was influenced by The Driver. So Ryan O'Neill plays, as you heard, a getaway driver. He gets tricked into doing this job, which is basically a setup. And there's a crisscross with money, and he's got to track it down. And then there's Isabella Johnny's in this doing something. And it's a neo-noir set in L.A., right? So you think I'm going to be all over this thing. This is right in my wheelhouse, right? Right. And it's just kind of flat. You know, yeah, it it's... I think I think one of the big problems for me in this film is Ryan O'Neill. So he comes with this flat affect that is supposed to relay intensity, right? Mm-hmm. And, and seriousness and resolve. And it almost works. It's just I don't really buy it at all from him at any point. You know, it's it's it goes from him trying to be intense to just kind of like more being a guy that has no idea what's happening around him. You know, like right. just trying to figure out what's just a dumb guy, like trying to figure stuff out, you know. And it's just I just didn't buy him as this bad ass that, you know, I just it didn't work for me at all. And I think then Bruce Stern comes in. So O'Neill is so kind of just reserved and intense, right? This flat effect, as I said. And Dern is larger than life. He's actually the antagonist, even though he's the cop. And he's just, but the problem is he's just annoying. It's just annoying as all hell. Every time he's on the screen, I wanted to fast forward because it just annoyed me so much. Not just because, and I don't know if that's so much what his character had to do, but maybe the choices Bruce Dern made in delivering his performance. I just couldn't stand it. It just was grating to me. But I, I assume it was there to counter O'Neill's kind of solemn performance. I don't know. But in the end, I found it to be kind of a fun B-movie action film. Right. Neo-noir thriller. I did. Yeah. I enjoyed the, kind of the madness of it, the twists and the turns. And it, it does move at a pretty good pace. So, uh, yeah, good enough for me. Well, it's about as high praise as we can get for this marathon. Um, it's been a strange one. It's been a strange trip. Yeah, I agree. I think Ryan O'Neill's basically extremely wooden. I couldn't really place what he was trying to do. I mean, I know he's kind of going for this effortless, cool kind of thing because he's always in suits and he's got the wide lapels and his shirt's always buttoned down to his navel kind of thing. And he just kind of stares blankly. 
but he always looks like he's on the verge of yelling out line, you know, like he's really <laughs> trying hard to, to think of what he's supposed to be doing. So he's just pausing before he says anything. Cause he's really trying to remember his line. And I'm with you. I found Bruce Dern just very grating in this whole thing. I just mm-hmm. was not enjoying him at all. And the female lead, uh, what's her, what's her name? A Johnny, uh, Isabella Johnny. Isabella Johnny. Again, I don't know why she was even in this thing. I mean, she just kind of appears and disappears. And when she is there, she just kind of vacantly stares off into space. So I guess is if she's supposed to be relaying cool, I guess her and Ryan and Ryan Neal went to the same acting class because they're basically doing the same thing. Well, but she was that- like a big up and coming kind of French right. shell actress at the time. So I think that's okay. basically why she's in this thing. Okay. Well, fair enough. I, I don't remember seeing her in anything else, to be quite honest with you. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but after all said and done, I mean, this movie, at least this 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 film, it, the car there are car chases in this film, and they are pretty well done, and they are fun to watch. So all in all, it was okay. It was okay. I mean, it was. we didn't go out with a complete whimper, but it wasn't out with a bang either, unfortunately, for this marathon. Yeah, it's... Yeah. If you haven't seen Possession from 1981 with her, that's mm. kind of like what she's most known for, which is a really okay. kind of crazy horror film thing with Sam Neill, too. It's just a bizarre film, but mm-hmm. it's really interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it makes me appreciate the other movie even more. You know, yeah. when Ryan Gosling's silent intensity, him and yeah. Nicholas Winning Riffin removing lines of dialogue from the film... Just mm-hmm. to kind of do that, it's it's that you can. It's just watching these two films. It's like it's done so much better <laughs> in that other movie that I'm not allowed yeah. to name that I've already named twice. But yeah, exactly. so it's funny. I still I'm gonna I'm giving the driver Matt a B. I mean, as a kind of a it kind of felt not as bad as Vanishing Point, which felt. Oh, no, no, no. Gone in 60 Seconds, which felt like yeah, a, God, it was, a C movie. Point was, just, was just weird. It a was television just film. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as a kind of a neo-noir, I get what they're trying to go for, and I think that mostly works. It's just hamstrung by just some weird, bad performances. Yeah, yeah. But I still gave it a B because I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. There you go. I'm less of a sucker for this kind of stuff, so I gave it a B-. minus. I think um, I was really on board when this film started off, but mm-hmm. I, I quickly lost interest and it started to become that it really sags in the middle and it makes it a bit of a slog. That's very true. All right, let's do it. Right. It's time to hand out the awards. Everybody gets your participation trophy. So mm-hmm. let's talk about our car chase marathon awards. And I, I had trouble kind of choosing a clip for this. Okay. So I chose one from a movie we didn't even see and talk about. <laughs> okay. Because Fair enough. It has one of the greatest car chases of all time. All right. Now, what went wrong, Lieutenant? Who else knew where he was? What? Who else knew where he was? What are you implying? Well, they knew where to look for him, and they used your name to get in. Are you suggesting I disclosed his whereabouts? Somebody did. And it didn't come from us. That's hardly the issue. Well, it certainly is. I've, I've got an officer with a family. And he shot up pretty bad. That is Steve McQueen 
and Robert Vaughn and Bullet. What I love about that scene, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I think the last 10 seconds of that clip, there's a weird little gurgle. Uh-huh. It's Steve McQueen's stomach. Oh, and if okay. you watch the scene, you can see him almost kind of lose it, but still <laughs> get the scene done. It's kind of funny. So you can, if right. you can check that out, go ahead and YouTube the scene from Bullet. It's right up there. That's where I got the clip anyway. So anyway, Bullet, an absolutely fantastic uh, car chase movie. But I think the problem was we'd both seen it, right? So that's why it couldn't yeah. be part of the marathon. Right, right, right. I just wanted to give it a little bit of an homage. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's start everything off. What do you think? You want to just start with uh, best actor? I think we go actor, actress, director, film, and then car chase, and then land it with car crash? Or should we finish it with car chase? Because that's what really this marathon's all about. Yeah, let's finish it with car chase. All right, fair enough. Okay. So uh, I will, let's rotate too. So I'll go okay. first with best actor. I think okay. this is a, I think this is a dark horse, but I'm going with it. And that's okay. Barry Newman as Kowalski in Vanishing Point. Okay, that is an interesting selection. I would not have guessed that you would have gone there. Because Vanishing Point ended up turning into a film that is so much more about car than car chases. It's yeah. a metaphysical, right? It's a meditation on what life being free and then what that means and possibly your own pen, impending doom. And right. I think Kowalski just is somehow able to embody everything that this film is about. His with his crazy lamb chop sideburn things whatever he's got rocking there and it's just uh <laughs> this oddly understated and yet bombastic performance all at the same time um just cool and reserved but just still ridiculous i i think when i think about all the performances we saw i enjoyed him the most i had the most fun with him so that's why I okay all right um, I, I guess I went for the layup choice. I went with uh, Dennis Weaver and Duel. <laughs> he perfectly encapsulates, you know, this guy at the end of his rope being terrorized by a truck driver. I honestly, I thought it was head and shoulders above pretty much anything we saw as we've talked about thoroughly. Although Kowalski's an interesting choice. He certainly is. I think if, if I had to pick a number two, it would have been him. There you go. I had Weaver too, but I thought it was too safe to pick. Yeah, uh, it probably is the best pure performance out of any of them that we saw. <laughs> but I just appreciated my boy Kowalski. Yeah, there you go. All right, go ahead, Matt. Best actor. So as much as I really wanted to pick Gilda Texter, aka the nude writer from uh, from <laughs> a Vanishing Point, she didn't really fit into an actress role for me. So I think almost by default, I had to go with Ally McGraw from The Getaway, because I think she's literally the only woman who plays a significant character in any of these films. So I think I'm going to have to go with Ally McGraw. I th yeah, where our hands are tied, I think, basically, because yeah. of that. None of the other women in these films... Which is, of course, a condemnation, but none of them have really anything to do in any of right. these films. I actually had Charlotte Rampling in my, right. again, from Vanishing Point, but she's only in the European version, right? not in the version you saw. And I, yeah. I had her because I loved it because she plays death in that film. And right. I just, I just something kind of neat about, again just piling on this existential angst into this movie about a guy just driving a car across country. <coughs> but it's in the end, I think, yeah, I think it's not fair to me because you couldn't see that version of the film 
So we got to go with Ali McGraw, which is just an indictment of this entire marathon. <laughs> so it's more of an indictment of the seventies macho films from the seventies, right? I guess so. Yeah. All right, best director, Matt. I, there's only That's one a layup. answer to this. Yeah, there's really there really is. It's, I mean, we, it's Spielberg in the duel. It has yeah, to be. It is. It is. Yeah. It's his first real film, and it is just stunning in what he's able to pull off. How he shoots this thing, how the truck becomes its own thing, this animal yeah. chasing him down the highway. Uh, it is just exceptionally well done. The car chases are fantastic. It is terrifying and exhilarating, and it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's got to be Spielberg. So then the best film? is also Duel. Correct. I think it's, it's, uh, it's really... It's the one that I would certainly think of unironically watching again. I may, I yes. may catch up with vanishing point again, just because it was so weird to see if I could pick mm-hmm. up more along the second way. And maybe I'll develop more of an appreciation for it. But duel is head and shoulders. The best film that we watched on this marathon. Definitely. And it's a TV movie. It is, <laughs> but still it was the best of the series for sure. I'll have to mm-hmm. do too. Maybe next time I see, or I'll, I'll ship it up to you on my Blu-ray. So you can see the European version of, vanishing point and you can appreciate sure. it as much as i do but and maybe i would have been able to pick gilda texter because she was probably in it a lot more as the nude writer <laughs> because you know how europeans are <laughs> crazy are they so yeah no duel's the only answer yeah best car crash okay so i'm gonna go with the i basically the only thing even resembling a car chase from the getaway where basically steve mcqueen takes out a house which mm-hmm. i thought was actually a pretty effective uh car crash just in its kind of continuing cavalcade of mayhem as it kind of went through here i thought it was pretty good again i think there's only one answer for this and this is a conclusion to vanishing point Mm. i think that the inevitability of what is going to happen and it's spectacular explosion and the whole thing it's i really think because it out of all the car crashes this one was the most poignant and the one most filled with meaning it was really The whole film is is rolling to this exact moment. And it works. It's done really well. So your best yeah. car crash is my boy Kowalski, unfortunately, in Vanishing Point. Spoilers! <laughs> For a 40-year-old film. But hey, it's just a way station, man. That's what the director yeah. said. That this yeah. is, he's just moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Man. All right. So then best car chase. Well, again, this is a night of layups. It has to be. Okay. It's the truck chasing down my boy Dennis Weaver in Duel. I oh, okay. can't think, there's nothing more exhilarating and exciting in this whole marathon for me than that demonic truck hunting down Weaver. Mm-hmm. It just now it's, think- it's not as dynamic and we're not blowing through houses and you know right. and there's not going through things and and buildings and watermelon stands and all this stuff, right? <laughs> but it's <laughs> just the sheer, sheer intensity of it and the well, stakes I mean, of it. The truck yeah. does smash up a roadside zoo, you know, trying to kill him. Fair. So there is that. <laughs> and releases deadly snakes into the wild. That's very true. So I went with, I did, yeah. I, I went with um, the opening car chase from the driver. And I think partly why I enjoyed it so much is because you could see how much of that opening scene from Drive it's taken from that, even to mm. the point where he's hiding from the cops in the alleyway and he flicks on his lights and stuff and everything else. But I thought as a pure 
just kind of five minute scene of an actual car chase. I thought that was the most effective. It got me really pretty pumped for the movie and it just didn't deliver on the promise it's, it made to me. Unfortunately not. No, that's yeah. a good pick. If I didn't go with Duel, that probably would have been my number two. I think that's a good choice. But, I mean, the whole thing with Duel is that the whole film is the card. Yes, yeah, it is. So, there you are. All right. There are your awards, folks. Wow, we are doing fantastic on time. I thought this was going to be like an hour and a half long, Matt. Yeah. But with editing, we may get this under an hour. So, uh, right. kudos to us. So, this is this is my second choice of marathon. My first one was a rousing success with oh, martial sure. arts movies. It was this one was really bad. So I'm gonna have to come up with something better for the next time the next time Chris lets me do one of these. For sure. Yeah, we should start thinking about it now so we can get rolling for next year. Sure. So that'll be fun. Maybe we can work in some criterion stuff too. I don't know. There's so much out there. So much. What are your awards? Who do you nominate? Who do you think should have won? Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run dot com. Next week, Matt is going to be another big one. We're going to do Dr. Sleep and Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. The week after, I believe, or maybe next week, I'm actually getting The Irishman. I can see that in the theater down here. Okay. Which is on Netflix. We still got to do El Camino maybe at some point. Dolomite right. is my name, which is on Netflix yep. now. There is so much stuff right now, but we're going to guarantee you Dr. Sleep and Jojo Rabbit, which is going to be, I think, fantastic. We've been, I've been looking forward to YTD's next film, for a while now so that'll be good all right i'm working on a guest for ford versus ford versus ferrari which comes out in two weeks or another week after that i don't know if that's going to shake out because this individual has not responded to me yet because i okay. don't think he likes me i'm not 100 percent sure we'll okay. see how that goes <laughs> in the meantime check us out on youtube instagram twitter and facebook do a search for the first run scroll 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 eventually you will find us Go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. That'll help other people find the show. And as always, you can pick us up. There are actual hard copies of the show at your local Sam Goody. Uh, they are currently on sale for mm. easily $3.99 a piece. I, I don't think you can go wrong for this kind of content. All right, Matt. So why don't we go ahead then, take an extended break, and we will see you all soon. When you hush up, you never brought a girl home. The least you can do is let us talk to her. Yeah, I'd like to get to know her a little better myself. Ain't nothing wrong with having relations. Don't be ashamed of that. Relations is beautiful. When I was young, I used to always have relations. Every night, if a nice gentleman bring me flowers and candy, take me to the movie, show me a lovely evening, then I would take him home and give him hot, lovely relations. Relations is a beautiful thing. It's nothing to be ashamed of, especially to... Young people, I think that, that's it's your way of looking. You know, sometimes when I'm alone, I relate to myself. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mama. <laughs>